Let us look to the Lord. That is, and just enjoy. about what today holds and what's on the schedule for tomorrow but be still in the presence of our God who loved us and gave himself for us and we ask Lord that you might speak to us today that you might instruct us, guide us, that you might lead us, that you might even correct us and teach us. And Lord, we ask that you would give us to be obedient to your word. So read to us today, Lord. As only you can. Speak through your word, for your word is And we are listening. Speak to your people. Meet them at the point of their need. Men, men relationships where relationships are broken. Comfort hearts that are mourn and sh give assurance to those who are weary about what the future holds for we know you hold the future and we place our faith in what you say and we stand on that knowing that you are good and that you so speak with to us today in Jesus' name. Church, moving to new territory today. Pastor Dave asked me to start a series. It's new territory. Amen. But I am uh, dependent on him. Amen. So there's nothing I really have to do. But th today we're, we're, we're starting a series called Good Soil. I really ain't got to say much. Bill kind of touched on it and opened it up for me. But Good Soil is a training we did like in September, October, um, and it's about what we about here: evangelism and discipleship. And and if we're going to be witness for Christ and and making disciples, then some things we be solid on. Some things we have to be assured of. In this good soil training, the concept comes from when Jesus told the parable about a sower go out to spread seed 
Some fell on stony ground, and some fell rocky ground, and some fell good ground. Okay? So as, as we witnessing and, and, and making disciples, we have to cultivate the Amen? A, a, a farmer just don't go out and throw seeds and expect to get a crop. They have to toy the soil. So we have the people. And, and this, this training gave eight essentials that you have to be sure of. You have to be solid about. And those one, you have to be solid of who God is. You, you have to be assured of that God made two and man didn't create himself or evolve from some lower form of being. So you, you have God, you had man. And then there's the you have sin. So you have to be sure and solid on who God is and who man is and what sin between the relationship of God and man. And, and what does sin bring? Sin bring death. Okay? Because of our sin, we're deserving death. But God ought a remedy for that, which was Christ. So we have God, man, death, Christ. And because Christ came, he, he came to pay a penalty that you and I could not pay. He came to pay that you and I owe. And he paid that on the cross. So, so we have God, we have man, we have sin, we have death, we have Christ, and we have the cross. And, and the cross was the substitutory death that Christ paid for me and you. And, and if the seventh one was faith. And if we put our faith in that substitutionary death, so we have to put our faith in what Christ has done. There's nothing you need to do but accept what he has done. And then the eighth, he promised to give you eternal life. So we have God, we have man, we have sin, we have death, we have we have to crawl. We have faith in eternal life. Not only eternal life, but life more abundant. So, so they, those are the eight essentials we're going to talk about during this series. The series, amen? So, hold on. Hold on. And our scripture I'm coming from this morning would be 
Uh, might be a little different. I'm coming from Jeremiah chapter nine. Jeremiah chapter nine, verses twenty-three and twenty-four. Jeremiah is called the prophet. Jeremiah cried over Israel in the state of Israel because of their rebellion and because of their sin. They were in Babylonian captivity. And Jeremiah wept over them because they wouldn't listen. Just like we ought to weep over one another when we don't want to do what God requires us to do. Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. And the scripture says, and this is our memory verse, the whole passage. There's no more short memory verses. Y'all want a memory verse? <laughs> it's two verses, that's all. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glory, glory in this, that he knows and understands me. Amen. That I am the Lord which executed the exercises love and kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. And in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Amen. So. For all of us, for mankind, we, we, we like to glory, we like to brag, we like to boast about three different things. We, we like to boast and brag about our wisdom. Amen? It, it's either we're boasting about our wisdom or we're boasting about our might, or our strength, or our power, or our influence. Are we boasting about our riches? Amen? What are three things men are boasting about? God says, let not the wise man glory about his wisdom. Just look, and you don't have to turn to a mark, I'm going to put it on, on the board for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. For the preaching of the cross to them that are perishing is foolishness, but to us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the where, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where, are the, where is the disputer of this world? Has not, made, has not God made foolishness the wisdom of the world? For after that, the wisdom of, of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of the preaching 
to save them that believe. Amen? To save them that believe. See, see God said, he, he, he sends the foolishness of preaching to the confound the wise. You, you thought you had to figure it out. But God said, I already worked it out. So don't glory in your wisdom. Glory that you know the God of wisdom. Don't glory in your might. Don't glory that you have power. That you have some influence. Paul thought he had some power. Paul thought he had some influence. Turn to, turn, turn to uh, John verses. And we're going to read verses uh, five to eleven. But here's Jesus after he was portrayed. He, he was dragged to six kangaroo courts. Amen. He went from Caiaphas to Pilate, back to Caiaphas, back to Pilate, then to Herod. So, so here's. He, he comes to Pilate, and Pilate had already said, I find no fault in this man. I, I wash my hands of it. And look what it says in verse 5. Then, then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and, and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto him, Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and the officers saw him and cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, take, take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he, he, he was the more afraid and, and, went, and went again into the judgment hall and said to Jesus, whence are thou? But Jesus gave no answer. He muzzled up. He, he, he didn't say no. Pilate then said unto him, speak that not unto me. Know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus answered, Thou can have no power at all against me, except it was given from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee has the greatest sin. He said, look, you ain't got no power that I ain't gave you. And what, what authority do you have? What influence that you have? that God didn't give you. Whatever we had come from him. So he says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Neither let the rich man 
glory in his riches. Look at Luke 12, 16 to 21. Luke, Jesus is telling the parable, and it's, it's all right. So Jesus, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barn, I will build greater, and there will I bestow my fruit and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that lay up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Amen. There's nothing wrong with things. But you keep building and building and storing and storing. And you ain't rich toward God. See, see, our, our logic and our wisdom says, keep getting and, and storing. Keep getting and storing. God's wisdom says, give and it will be given back to you. Press down. Running, no shaking together and running over. So he says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Nor the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glory. Glory in this, that he understands and knoweth me, that I am. Not right there. That, that's the shout. You missed it. He said that I am. He said that I am. You, you, you remember he told Moses, when he told Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And, and Moses said, who should I tell him? He said, tell him that I am sent you. I, I, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am whatever you need. I, I am the one who stood out on nothing and called everything into existence. I am. This is the same seven I am's that you find in the book of John that Jesus talks about. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am. 
am the one who was and is and is to come. The self-existing one. He says, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Yahweh. I am the Lord, Jehovah. I am Jehovah, Jireh, your provider. I am Jehovah, Nisei, your banner. I am Jehovah, Raha, your shepherd. I am Jehovah, Sikkimu, your righteous. I am the Lord. So if you want to boast about something, boast about me. That you know me and that you understand me. That's the only thing I got worth boasting about. I can't boast on the money or the lack thereof. I can't boast on my education. I, I can't boast on my knowledge. All that I have come from him. So he says, boast that you understand and know. And, and no, I can't know him fully. But I know, in these words, knoweth him. Plug right here, Pastor Dave. That's, that's why I still like the King James Version, because it, <laughs> it gives you in the continuous sense. I, I, I keep knowing him, and I keep understanding. It's a progressive thing, okay? So it's continually getting to know him. I won't know him fully until I see him face to face. But while I'm here, I continually learn of him. I continually be intimate with him. This is in the continuous sense. That he exercises his loving kind. Oh, that's, that's, that was a shout right there. He, he exercises loving kindness. Listen, he exercises his loving kindness in the creation story. Amen? In Genesis chapter 1, he, he, he stood out on nothing. And he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And evening and morning 
was the first day. I, 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 I don't care what you heard in school. It's a 24-hour day. Morning and evening. Amen? The Bible's clear about it. But God created. So he created the heaven and the earth and divided the light. He, on day two, he created the firmness and divided the water. Look at verse 68. And God said, let the firmness be in the midst of the water, and let it, let it divide the water from the water. And God made the firmness and divided the waters which were under the firmness from the waters which were above the firmness. And it was so, and God called the firmness heaven. And then the evening and the morning was the second day. And then God created dry ground and vegetation on the third day. Look what he said. And God said, let the water under the heaven be gathered together in one place. And let the dry ground appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and gathered the water and called sea. And called he sea. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and, and, and herb yielding seed and the fruit, fruit trees yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And, and, and the earth brought forth grass, herb yielding seed after its kind, and the trees yielding fruit whose seed was in itself and after its kind. And God saw that it was good in the evening and the morning, and it was the third day. But then God created the sun, the moon, and the stars and gave light to the day and night. And God said, let there be light in the firmness of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for a season and for days and for years and let them be light in the firmness of the heaven and give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmness of the heaven to give light upon the earth and, and to rule over the day and over the night and divided the light and the darkness. And God saw that it was good in the evening and morning was the fourth day. Then God created the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air. And I'm going to point out his love and kindness in a minute. And God said, let the water bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life in the fowl of the air may fly above the earth 
in the open firmament of the heavens. And God created a great well and every living creature that moveth, which the water brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after their kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters and the sea, and, 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 and the fowl multiply in the earth, and the evening and the morning was the fourth, the fifth day. Then God created the beast of the field and mankind in the sixth day. And look at it. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping things above, and the beast of the earth after its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. Now here's something unique right here. So if you look at creation, everything he did after he he needed that which he made prior for that success and to strive. That's out of his goodness. But he did everything he did for mankind. That mankind would have a place to commune and fellowship God. It was his loving kindness for mankind that God said, let there be. Look what it says. Verse 26. It's the first time he says this. And God says, let us. Let us. That's very important. He said, let us. It's talking about a triune God. Yeah. It is, it's Elohim here talking. Elohim is the plural name for God. It, it, he's talking about God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Let, let, let us make man in our image and our likeness. After our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and everything, every creeping thing upon the earth. So God created man in his image and the image of God created him, male and female. Period. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and fowl of the air, and everything that creepeth, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, that move upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth and every 
tree. The, the which is in the fruit of the tree, yielding seed, you shall it shall be meat for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And it was morning and evening, the sixth day. So God exercised his loving kindness in the creation story. It's his loving kindness for you and me. He, he didn't create man and then put him in and said, figure it out. He set everything up and placed him. He's a loving God. And he exhibits his loving kindness towards us. So if you're going to boast, boast that you progressively know and understand him. And that he is the Lord. He is the self-existent. He is the triune God. He's the creator of the universe. He created me and me not, and not myself. And he shows his loving kindness to me on a daily basis. New, new mercies I see day by day. Amen. But not only he's a loving God, he's also a just God. So doesn't he only exhibit his loving kindness? He exhibits his justice and his judgment. We don't like to talk about judgment. We don't like to talk about justice. Because of the truth of the matter, if I got what was fair, I'll be in trouble. But God will judge. God will judge. There's a standard, and God has given a standard, and God will judge us according to that standard. So he exercises his loving kindness, his judgment. He did it at the fall. He did it at the fall. Turn to, to, turn to Genesis chapter 3. After he created Adam and Eve. So, so Genesis 1, we kind of went through that whole chapter. Genesis 2 is just basically a recap and gives the details of him creating male and female and the processes on how he did it. All right? Okay. Praise the Lord. 
So it's basically a recap. And then Genesis 3 opens. Uh, right here. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made and said unto the woman, Here, here's the first lie in the Bible. Yea, have God said? Yea, have God said? Yea, have God said? Satan always wants to get in a dialogue about us on what he said and didn't say. That, that, that's why we give you memory verses. So he can't trip you up. But he said, yeah, have God said? He, he, he wants her to question what God said. It's important that you know your body. Because you want to hear, yea, have God said that you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Look, look how he twisted that. God said you may eat freely of all the trees of the garden, except for one. Out of his loving kindness, he put some restrictions on us. You don't let your 15-year-old kid hang out to 2 o'clock in the morning and say you love them. You put restrictions on them. If you care about them. But he says, did he say you cannot eat from every tree of the garden? God didn't say that. Listen to what she said. We may eat of the fruit of the garden, but of the fruit that's in the midst of the garden, God said we shall not eat of it, neither touch it, lest we die. The only restriction was that just don't eat from it. She added that. She added that. serpent said unto the woman, you should not surely die. For the day that you eat it, your eyes would be open and you'd be like God, knowing good from In other words, keeping something from you, girl. You, you can't trust God. He holding back on you. course we know they hate us and, and, and God come looking for him and they start pointing the blame at one another he said Adam where are you he said I was naked I was afraid he said who told you you were naked what I told you not to do he said the woman you gave me We try to wear that one out. <laughs> the, the, the woman she gave me, she ate and gave to me. That's why I ate. 
And the woman said, it, it was the serpent. He beguiled me and I ate. He's just in his judgment, though. He, he just didn't punch the serpent. There was enough blame to go around. So he had enough judgment to go around. Look at verses 14 and 19. And God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, Thou art cursed above all cattle and above all every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. It gives the picture uh, that prior to the fall, the snake might have been upright on legs or something. I'm, I'm not sure, but a lot of commentaries do say that, okay? Uh, but from now on, they got to crawl on their back. Okay? And he says, I put enmity, bitter hatred, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This right here, 315. The first mention of Jesus Christ in the Bible. What woman you know that has a seed? Do you know anything? I ain't gonna say it. You know no woman who has a seed. The man has the seed. But Jesus the Christ was born by a virgin, by the seed of a woman. And at the cross, Satan bruised Christ's head. But at the resurrection, at the resurrection, he stomps on his head. So he 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 cursed him. And he 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 announced, You think you did something here, young man? You, you think you got away with one. But your day's coming. Your day's coming. And unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrows and conceptions, and in sorrow thou shalt bring forth, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. He shall rule over thee. So he says to the woman, you, you now have pain in childbirth. I guess it is first designed that it's supposed to be easy. I don't know. Because <laughs> you don't give an account of nobody having, but he said, but in childbirth, it's going to be painful. I can test how painful that is. But <laughs> And he said there's going to be conflict in your marriage. You, you, you're going to want to rule over him, but I have given him the rule. I have given him the rule. 
Now, some of you guys that backed off and just relinquished your rule, but I'm praying for you. <laughs> but but he, he it's just God always ordained male headship. That's all that is. It's not a superiority thing. It's just that God ordained male headship. He says, look what he says to the man. And then to Adam, he says, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree, which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy brow shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground. From out of it was thou taken. From dust thou art, unto dust thou shalt be. Amen. So, so God shows his love and kindness even in judgment. Although he sends out judgment, he made a way. He makes a way. He said, I'm going to send Christ to straighten this out. And it's just, he would be just, just to destroy him right then and there. That would be fair. God judged the world for their wickedness. His judgment is because of wickedness. And it went down fast. But from here, chapter 4 says Adam and Eve bore twins, Cain, or two sons, Cain and Abel. And Cain killed Abel. Cain killed. The, the first thing we hear about after the fall is murder. How it get that that bad that fast? Well, I'll tell you. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go, and faster than you want to go. And will cost you more than you have to pay. I'm a living witness. And so are you. So, 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 in Genesis chapter 6, talks about how wicked it gets. Turn, turn to Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continuously. Evil continuously. 
And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and, and every creeping thing and the fowl of the air, for it repented me that I had made them. But, I like the buts in the Bible. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. The Lord always got a remnant in the bush. He, he always got a remnant. He said, but the Lord found favor, or Noah found grace in the sight of God. Noah found grace. And Noah was given the chance to, 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 to preach for a hundred in 20 years while he built the ark of safety. And everybody thought he was crazy. Because all he said was repent because it's going to rain. And prior to that, it had never rained. It had never rained before. How did vegetation live? There was a mist from the ground that came up every morning. It still happens. When you get out in the morning, you go to get the, well, I don't know if you go to get the newspaper anymore, but there's dew on the ground. <laughs> Amen. But prior to that, it had never rained. God, he judged the world for wickedness. Jesus says it this way in the, in the New Testament. God sent his son, John 3, 17. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him may be saved. Because God's going to judge the world again. Judgment's coming. That, that, that's why we're trying to toil and, and bring good soil to people's heart. So they, too, they come to know a Jesus that loves them. So God exercises judgment because of the wickedness. But in his judgment, God exhibits his righteousness. He judged in righteousness because he's a holy God. Look, look at, go back to Genesis 3. Six to 11. the woman, so this is after Satan's talking to the woman, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, 
and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they showed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And God and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Has thou eaten from the tree whereof I commanded thee that I should not eat? And then we know what happened. He kept placing the blame. But look at verse 21. Unto Adam and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin to clothe them. Okay? So, so, so. God judge in righteousness. So he sees them. He comes and he says, he comes looking for them. And it gives me the picture that God comes in the cool of the day on a, pretty much on a daily basis or every now and then and talk to them and say, well, Adam, you know, how, how are you making out with the, the fish and, and the birds and, and the cattle that I gave you to, 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 to oversee? How that going with you today? And what did you discover over here? What did you... You know, and they had that conversation every day in the cool of the day. So the day Adam, God comes down and Adam and Eve, they hide. And God said, Adam, where are you? Yeah. It wasn't about location. Because he sees everything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all at the same time. So, but what he's saying is, Adam, where are you in relationship to me and you? Since you've sinned, where are you? Who, who told you you were naked? You've been naked all this time. Now you got this lust in your heart. So, so you recognize this nakedness because of your lustful desire. Because sin entered in. And they covered themselves with fig leaves. Now I imagine that was a pretty jazzy looking fig leaf. <laughs> I don't know if it was banana leaf or tobacco leaf. I don't know. But I imagine it was nice looking fig leaves. But God covered them with skin to coat. I remember doing an assignment in, in Bible college. And, and 
this text here and, and, and the object was we dress ourselves with, with what is appealing. God always dresses us with what is appropriate. So he gives them fig leaves. But what this whole thing spawned by Eve eating, right? Ain't like she was the culprit, right? But when God comes, he says, Adam, where are you? Because Adam was responsible. No, brothers, I don't know what happens in your family. You're responsible. Regardless of who did it, you're responsible. In God's eyes. Amen? That's hard. <laughs> That's a hard one to live with, but hey, that's, that's just the way God has it. We're responsible. So God, and God covers them with skin. So for him to cover them with skin, something had to die. Something had to die. Sin always brings death. Something had to die. He Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost in all things are by the law purged without blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. God had to kill an animal to cover them. And when you look in the Old Testament, there was so much killing of animals. Just read the, the book of Hebrews. Read chapter 9 and 10, and you, you said daily the priest would kill an animal. He had to make sacrifices day after day. But Jesus Christ made one sacrifice and sat down at the right hand of God. It was always just a shadow sacrificial of what Christ would do. God shows judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah in, in his righteousness. He exhibited his righteousness and judgment. Look, look at chapter 18, Genesis 18, 23 to 23. And, and I'm not going to read all that, but you remember he called in chapter 12, he calls Abraham out of the Ur Chaldees. And he tells him to leave his kindred and his family and go to a land that he would show him. And Abraham left. He said, leave kindred, but Abraham And he shouldn't. And God allowed them to be prosperous. They were so prosperous that Abraham herdsmen and lot herdsmen start arguing amongst each other. And Abraham said, we have to divide ourselves. And he said, I tell you what, Lot, you take what's to the left take And Lot looked up and seen that it was a prosperous town. 
and it was But Abraham, but God seen the wickedness in there and told Abraham, I got to destroy. And, and, and Abraham says to God, he says, and, and the man turned their face. And Abraham, well, Abraham says to God, for, would you destroy for 50 righteous people in the land? God said, if you find 50 people, I won't destroy it. And then Abraham thought, he said, well, I don't even think there's 50 people there. Would you do it for 45? God said, I, I won't do it for 45. He said, uh, would you do it for 30? Would you do it for 20? And he got down to 10. He said, if you find 10 good people there, righteous people, I won't destroy it. But we all know what happened. Only one got out was Lot and his daughter. His wife got out, but she turned back because her heart was back there. Don't turn back, out. <laughs> Don't turn back. And she turned into a pillar of salt. But God, he judges in righteousness. He, he doesn't destroy the righteous with the wicked. God judged the world of righteousness. Look at Acts 17, 29 to 31. This is, just to give you a little background. This is when, when, when uh, Paul, I'm not sure if it was his second or third missionary journey, but he's in Athens. And he, he tells the people in Athens, he says, I see that you are superstitious people. Because you, you, you're polytheistic, meaning that you serve many gods. You got so many gods, you got one called the unknown God. Let me tell you about the unknown God. And he started preaching to them about Christ. And he says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought to not think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or or graven by art and man's device. In the time of our ignorance, God winked at, but now com commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained whereunto he has given assurance unto all men, and that he has raised him from the dead. Okay? But by Jesus Christ, but he's appointed a day where he's going to judge the world again. So that's why we compel people. That's why we look for good soil that we can share this gospel message. And to those who are perishing, it sounds like foolishness. But to those who are saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. Don't sit on it. 
because it's powerful. And it can save people to an eternal damnation, from an eternal damnation to eternal bliss. God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel message. The gospel message. Substitutionary death. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith for the just shall live by faith. We have the power of God and the gospel message that Christ came that Christ died according to the scripture and that he was buried that he rose again according to the scripture and that whoever placed their faith in him for the substitutionary atoning death and that's the that's our message that's what we tell a dying world. That's, that's why we support mission. That's why we do what we do. That hearts will be proud to cultivate it and, and, and have good soil that we remove rocks and, and debris so people can receive the only thing that gives you hope. Because without it, life and eternity is hopeless. You have the power of God and the gospel message. Come know a loving God who loves you, provided for you died for you that you can invite others to join in at the Lamb's Supper. Amen. At the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yes. You're invited to a wedding. And he says invite all your family and friends. And if they don't go, you go into the highways and the hedges. And you compel men to come. Because there's a God who created everything that loves them and cares for them. And all that they see, he The Bible says, if, if he gave you Jesus Christ, how will he not freely give you all things with him? Right. 
And that's the message of the Bible. That's God's love for humanity. And you hold it. And you need to share it. We, it's, and it's not optional. It's a command. And don't let him come and say, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? God loves us. God provided for us. And we have the message of life and hope that our dying world, that there is a loving God, and he's revealed in the pages of his history. May God bless you and